0: Welcome to the Top Order Podcast, another episode coming at you from Lockdown Auckland. This time we're going to talk about Red ball cricket and its welcome return, hot on the heels of T20 heartache for the Black Caps. It's India in New Zealand, it's our Test Series preview and it's coming up after the swish. Stay tuned. Well, of course, we've got to come to Michael Baldwin first with his now famous explainer who's going to tell us all about the upcoming India-New Zealand Test Series.
1: Evening, chaps. Well, it's not long to get a rematch of the World Test Championship final. New Zealand begin their defence of the mace against the vanquished final foes India away in India in a two-test series at the end of November beginning of december the first test will be at green park in kanpur from the november 25th to the 29th and the second test will be at the Wankhede stadium in mumbai from december 3rd to december 7th just a reminder that world test championship points will be on offer as new zealand begin their defense of the world test championship this time around A win is worth 12 points, a tie is worth six points, and a draw is worth four points in every test match contested. And a loss, of course, is worth nil poire. So this series will be worth 24 points in total. And of course, the team that ranks the highest in the league table based on percentage of total points, one out of total points contested, the top two of those teams will contest the final in 2023. And just to add to the explainer, any team that is behind on the overrate for their tests, will be deducted one point for each over they are behind at the end of a match so you could win a test and be deducted almost all of your points if you are behind by 10 overs in a test the venues well Kanpur is a strong venue for india they hold a seven win 12 draw and just three losses at that venue over their test history their last defeat at that venue was actually in 1983 the last test played was all the way back in 2016 actually against new zealand a win for india and india hold a two wins and one draw record against new zealand head-to-head at that venue never lost against the black caps a traditionally low and slow venue at Kanpur a very foggy and smoggy atmosphere so air quality will be an issue but it is a batter's paradise as well lots and lots of Big scores have been racked up at Green Park in Kampua. Mumbai, well, India don't have as strong a record. 11 wins, 7 draws and 6 losses, although their last defeat was back in 2012. Their last test at that venue again in 2016 against England. And New Zealand have a much better record actually against India in Mumbai. Two games, one win apiece. Another uh, low-scoring, low-bounce venue, I should say, since the 2011 World Cup alterations to the ground have really helped Uh, the spin bowlers less breeze for the seamers and it should turn i think in mumbai as well the last time out for new zealand santner and wagner latham kane and ross all played in the last test at that venue and santner had a pretty good event actually 32 and 71 not out and five wickets in that test match for mitchell santner and of course kane made runs he always makes runs he had 75 and 25 in the last match out at that venue
0: so Lippi, over to you first. What do we think of this New Zealand squad for the tour?
2: Yeah, look, I think there's there's no real surprises uh, in this New Zealand team. I mean, the only thing I'll add to to uh, explainer there is as is, uh, from a New Zealand fan, it's it's five pm New Zealand time starts, which is just about perfect, I think, for for us as a well, certainly for me as a fan to be able to just clock off from work and um, yeah, sit down to. To test match for the rest of the night and, and certainly very excited about this tour. You know, we often talk about how New Zealand don't really get enough tests away from home, and people are often critical of New Zealand because we don't win enough tests away from home, but we don't actually get the the opportunity to go there and, and you know, test ourselves against uh, in, in the toughest conditions. So, uh, yeah, very excited to to see what happens. But back on the squads, uh, the only, the, I guess, the notable points we've, we've obviously seen Devin Conway. Now missing out, uh, and uh, you know, that I think that's going to be a huge blow, and, and we'll, we'll come to that shortly. But essentially, it's the same World Test Championship squad, aside from Trent Bolt and Colin de Gronholm, who've decided to opt out due to bubble fatigue. And I mean, I, I actually don't think it, it hurts us very much on both of those fronts, probably. I mean, as, as good as Bolt has been uh, in this uh, World Cup and, and you know, for many, many years at, at test level. I don't know if he would have been in the starting lineup anyway, and um, you know, particularly in, in Indian conditions, when we're only going to play two, maybe three seamers, um, and you know, we've got plenty of seamers uh, in this New Zealand squad. Colin de Grandhomme, I don't know. I mean, Raj, do you even think he would have made this squad if uh, if if all things were equal?
3: Uh, I don't really think that he had a shot in, in, in the subcontinent at the moment, just the way the team is, is currently, uh, lying just with how our, our, our seam bowlers are going. I think he's down the list a bit, but, um, look, if you, if, if, it you know, pre, when he had the mullet, maybe, I don't know now, maybe he shaved it off. It's kind of, um, kind of struggling, but no, I think, I think that he was probably on the outer for this tour.
2: Yeah. Look, I mean, I think, um, I think you're spot on and, and. Well, I think the only thing that might have saved him is the fact that the the New Zealand selectors have been very loyal to their players that have that have done uh, a great job for them over, over the years. So he might have been on this tour. I, I think probably the biggest surprise, I guess, for me was that Mitchell wasn't on the tour to start with before that Conway injury. Because, you know, I, I think that certainly in this New Zealand home summer, it wouldn't surprise me if Mitchell is the all-rounder that we go with uh, and kind of replaces Colin de Gronholm o- on that front because he's just been excellent every time he's, he's had an opportunity. The other, I guess, notable players that are in the squad and, and we'll come to them soon when we kind of talk about the the makeup of this New Zealand side is uh, that Phillips, uh, Glenn Phillips is uh, staying on for the, the test side and, and Ratchan Ravindra, who we saw in the Bangladesh T20 series, uh, has uh, got a call up there, so you know. Will we see them play? Who knows. On the spin front, we've got uh, AJS Patel, Will Somerville, and Mitchell Santner in the squad, as Baldy mentioned. And I don't really think there were there were many other possible options to go with. The interesting thing, I guess, for uh, probably our number one and number two spinners at, at Test level, in AJS Patel and Will Somerville, is that they haven't made uh, haven't played many games lately well, they haven't played any games uh, in this New Zealand summer because they're both based in Auckland. And uh, Ajaz Patel, even though he plays for CD, lives in Auckland. So they just haven't been able to get on the park. So that's probably something that we'll, we'll talk about soon. But, I mean, Raj, what are you thinking in terms of the makeup of this side? Because when I try and put names on the team sheet, it, it looks like the batting is fairly settled when you consider that Will Young will probably come in for Devon Conway and, and partner Tom Latham up the top there, followed by Williamson, Taylor, Nichols, Blundell at, at either six or seven, depending on uh, a couple of permutations. But it's really the bowling that is the big question mark. And I'm really – you could probably convince me a number of different ways about this because, you know, th- over the past, New Zealand has really benefited and dominated because of our seam attack – We've mentioned Trent Bolt, Southey, Wagner, Jameson. They've all been brilliant over the past 12 months in that previous World Test Championship cycle. We know Bolt isn't there, but those other three seamers are. And it's really a question. Are they going to play three? Are they going to play two? What are they going to do uh, at the seven spot? Or, or potentially, if they pick another batsman, are they going to have uh, you know Blundell batting at seven and, and only the four bowlers so yeah, there are a lot of question marks. I know you'll be desperate to get Neil Wagner in there, but when I look at that team sheet, it's only Ajaz Patel that I think is penciled in in the bowling. And then there are a number of different things. What what do you think, Raj? Is is going to happen?
3: Yeah, so there there are plenty of permutations here. I, I don't know I don't know where really to start, but actually I do. Neil Wagner, he's got to be there. I don't know why I have to keep convincing—not um, necessarily people on this podcast, but Um, others that he should be the first person picked um, from a bowling perspective. So I think that he has to be there. Then the question really comes up is, are we playing three seamers? Are we playing two seamers? I actually think that we should be playing three seamers. Uh, You know, one of them being... Southie, Wagner and, and Jameson. We can play any other combination of spinners that we want to there, whether we want to play with, I think we will go with Aj Patel, um, then whether we choose between Santana or Somerville. Look, you can only have you can only bowl two spinners at any one time. You've only got two ends to bowl from. I don't think you need any more than that. Um, why not uh, keep our pace bowlers or our pace battery that's been doing such a great job for us over the last um, two, three, four years.
2: Binksy, I want to just come to you because obviously you've, you've had a bit of uh, experience watching England. I mean, we all, we all have, but you probably paid more attention to, to how, it, how it went for them and uh, and particularly that seam attack because, I mean, we've seen Tim Southey be so effective here in New Zealand, but in some uh, away circumstances, he's been left out. We've seen Kyle Jamieson obviously been just such a ridiculously good start to his test career. But again, is he going to bowl enough overs in those conditions? Probably the first place I want to know is how did Jimmy Anderson go over in England, uh, in India, in those games? Because I think if they, New Zealand selectors have got any uh, sense to look back at that series, they'll be thinking, how did Jimmy go? Will Tim Southey have a similar impact? Because really, Tim Southey's biggest impact on the the games you would think will be in those opening spells
0: yeah so look I think what you've got to look at here is there's been a lot of press made about Jimmy Anderson's second innings record of late and and how that's differed from his first innings record if we look at the recent tour to um, India from an England perspective early 2021 so the first test I think February um, last year England were clearly going to mix and match their seam attack throughout that because they'd got uh, almost a full locker with Ollie Stone with Jofra Archer with Stuart Broad with Ben Stokes on that tour so went into that first test match and, and left out um, Stuart Broad and, and Anderson was the guy that played and definitely from a skill perspective um he you know showed his class up front with a couple of top order wickets um and uh, or sorry a couple of first innings wickets um, and an economical rates but the, the thing for me is that That was on a pitch that was a proper test match pitch. The test match pitches after that, we went on to three very, very spin-friendly wickets where all of our seamers were that little bit less effective um, throughout the course of um, those matches. And look, part of that was the fact that the batters didn't put enough runs on the board for them to have anything to bowl at Um, anyway. So when you talk about that Trent Bolt, a mission or him sitting out i think it's probably a good series for him to sit out from a rest and rotation perspective and um, without doing him a disservice i think that saudi is probably the more skillful of the two on that those indian pitches he's got that three quarter ball he's got a little bit of wobble seam he's going to swing the new ball prodigiously you would think a little bit like jimmy anderson does so It's going to be really important for Saudi that he does nick a couple of people off whilst that SG ball is relatively new. And then it's going to be about, for me, whether or not you guys almost have to have a mentality, in my view, that you're playing your best bowling attack to take 20 wickets. And it might be that your additional seamer is a better option than throwing in a spinner just for the sake of throwing in a spinner um, on spinning wickets. So that's where I think the way that you get that seam attack correct is gonna be so, so important. And um, Saudi Jameson for me with his height and, and and bounce and you know could be yeah could be key. Um, and Wagner is your first name on your team sheet, right? Because he can almost operate like a spinner. He can hold up an end and actually, um, you know, go at two and over um, and give you the opportunity to attack from the other end.
2: And Baldy, I, I know you and I will want to talk about spin, but probably before we do that, do you think this whole series, are we just, you know, you touched on the, the pitches, uh, the grounds there. Are we just going to be talking about pitches for this whole series? Because... I mean, that certainly proved the case in that England series that, uh, you know, England got that uh, initial win uh, and then it just became really, really spin friendly and, and, you know, very, quite difficult for either side to bat on.
1: Mm. We'll get to the makeup of the Indian squad shortly and we'll have a look at the strengths that they have. And I think that will tell you all you need to know about the state of the wickets. I think the wickets will be spin friendly. I think that suits the home team's strength a little bit more, given who they've included in their squad. I think it, I think New Zealand will have to consider what the balance of their, their spin attack is. Southey and Wagner are the first two names on the, on the team sheet for me, as per reasons mentioned, Southey's level of skill. Wagner is a workhorse with skill. So, you know, he's a got the kind of guy who can bowl 10 or 12 overs in the searing heat on the trot. I think back to Australian teams that have been successful in the subcontinent and we've always taken a workhorse bowler someone like a Michael Kasprowicz or a Damian Fleming someone who can swing the ball early but then do the grunt work in the middle um period of the day my question is how effective kyle Jamison is going to be without extra bounce his tool his weapon has always been extra bounce and a little bit of nip off the seam he's not going to get either of those two things i think in india if the groundsmen have anything to do with it so that would be my question really is to whether Jamison can adopt a similar role to wagner in being a bit more of a workhorse dry the ball up outside sixth, seventh stump and and, and really make the Indian batsmen work for their runs while we build pressure at the other end with who I think will be Santner um, and Somerville bracketed and obviously Ajaz is probably the first spinner picked.
3: So I've got a question for, for Lippi, I know you want to get into the, the spin aspect of this. So we've got Ajaz Patel who we think is going to be the, the, the first, first choice spinner. How does the sort of right arm versus left arm spinning away from the bat or into the bat um, play out for you with the, the next selection?
2: Yeah, well, I've been th- I've been doing a lot of thinking about this, and I- I'm finding it really hard to think about a, a perfect solution for this. I-, I, and and I guess the the balance of the side because you know everywhere else we go where spin doesn't dominate, it's very easy to pick the New Zealand side because like you say, Ajaz one hundred percent our first uh, spinner on the team sheet. Gary Stead's come out and said that he thinks. You know, he kind of expects uh, unless, you know, something changes or uh, the pitch conditions are, are very different than they're expecting that Will Somerville will also be in the side. And so, as I go back to what you said. As much as I love spin, I don't think there's any point in playing three spinners necessarily. So, my question around who would be at number seven is probably more, do we go with a long tail and have Kyle Jameson at bat at seven? Or do we go with someone like Phillips or Ravindra and say, look, we're going to bat as, as deeper. We're going to have uh, one of those guys that can both bowl. You know, they can both bowl a little bit of spin. I would say Ravindra's is probably further advanced in my opinion as a you know a Test bowler. Um, Phillips probably more as a as a one day option and what he's trying to do really just tries to to get it through there and bowl dots. But I, I think with Wagner. And with uh, with Wagner and with Ajaz Patel, they're so both of them pride themselves on being so tight and being able to hold up ends that I think you can kind of use your other options, like a Jameson, like a Saudi, to just run in and bowl a couple of overs and you don't need another spinner in there just for the sake of it. Look, let's let's move on to the India squad because I, it's a very fascinating one for me because we're gonna we're going into World Test Championship situation. India, I know they have had a, a lot of games, but recently and and been on tour for a long time. So I completely understand. But Raj, they're they're wrestling half their side.
3: They are, and and you can kind of understand that. Uh, they they've been on tour since June, I think, when when um. They were building up for the uh, the World Test Championship and then uh, playing England uh, before going to the IPL and the World uh, 2020 World Championship. So, look, we'll get to that in a second around the number of rested. I guess I, I want to go with a little bit of a preamble here, saying that it is a bit of a new era for the Indians. There's been a lot of change um, from an administration point of view with the team, the top team. Uh, so, Virat Kohli stepping down as the T20 captain, Rohit Sharma taking up the mantle there. And we also have Rahul Dravid taking over as the new coach for the Indian side where you probably couldn't be more yin and yang between uh, his philosophies on cricket with him and Ravi Shastri. So it'll be interesting to see what will happen uh, from a tactical point of view and a team selection point of view. But yeah, the biggest point, uh, talking point ahead of the series is the number of players being rested. So we've got Kohli being rested for that first game and then uh, Rohit Sharma, Rishabh Pant, Jesper Bumrah and Mohamed Shami all being left out for the entirety of the series. Uh, what, what do you guys think about that?
1: Well, it does leave a hole in that Indian middle order. I'm just having a look at the squad here and there's a real question mark about who bets at number five. There's obviously also a question mark about who opens the innings and that looks like it's going to be a shootout between Mayank Agarwal and Shubman Gill to partner KL Rahul at the top of the order but the really interesting one for me is going to be who bats at number five of course in that recent test series we saw Jadeja actually come in at five and bet at number five for India ahead of I think it was maybe Rahane slot, slotted down a little bit because he was slightly out of form or, or whatever that reason might be and obviously obviously had Rishabh Pant in there as well so if you slot in judasia at five you've got saha who you would presume would come in at number six and then a question of the makeup of the bowling attack and the all-rounders so i'll be very interested to see if india take an extra batter in someone like australia sire into the middle order or whether they they persist with uh, ravindra judasia at number five and then sort of make up the rest of their squad from there stuart what are your thoughts or, or, or let's just come to binksy actually binksy what are your thoughts on the makeup of, of that potential Indian batting lineup?
0: Yeah, look, we joked about it a little bit through the course of the T20, didn't we? Um, I think Raj used the Christmas analogy, not knowing which toys to play with throughout the course of that T20 World Cup. I think, look, they've got similar strength in depth when you look at the players available to them from a test match perspective. I've just, um, you know, done a little bit of analysis. And if we kind of look at really what England faced just about a year ago, um, if, if I look at India, they took 18 of 20 wickets in the fourth test with spin. They took 19 of 20 wickets with spin in the third test. They took 17 of 20 wickets with spin in the second test. And then in that first test that we talked about, 11 of their t- uh, potential 20 wickets coming coming with spin on a much better wicket. Where I'm going with that from a lineup perspective is they've got an embarrassment of riches. You look at the spin options they had in that England series, Axa Patel, uh, Kuldeep Yadav, um, obviously Ravichandran and Ashwin. Um, all played you know a really really big part with uh, with the ball and then similarly from a batting perspective you you name those guys they've all had exceptional um records in franchise cricket in the limited opportunities they've had from a test match perspective. so look i I think we've just got to get used to the fact that there are now going to be big series from our perspectives as fans where the best players might appear on the poster promoting it but they're not actually going to be playing in the real event because the likes of a Trent Bolt are going to have to pull out because of the amount of cricket that they play. Um, we know Virat Cole is resting for the first Test match again. Uh, Jinka Rahane is going to be a pretty decent deputy um, as, as captain. If we go back to his performance in Australia, that um, I think 100 in Melbourne border, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, on the um, on the venue in a fantastic series win for them um, in, in Australia. So look... I, 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 I just think it's, it's great that we've got options for all of those nations now um, to kind of rest and rotate. Um, and cricket really is a squad game now, isn't it?
1: Coming across to you, Raj, you've done the most research and are the most clued in about the makeup of this Indian squad. What do you make of the squad and who do you think is actually going to be in that first 11 for the first test?
3: Yeah, so with that first eleven, I think it looks a little bit, uh, a little bit like this. So we've got KL Rahul and Shubman Gill who will open. So Shubman Gill is actually uh, was the incumbent prior to KL Rahul coming in. He did get injured in that World Test Championship against New Zealand prior to the English series, so he was the incumbent there. Then we've got Pujara and Rahani uh, batting and uh, rounding out that top four, and then we come to that fifth spot, um, Baldy, which you mentioned, and I think. They'll, it'll be a toss-up between Agrawal or Aya as that fifth batting option. Where they bat in the order is, a, is, a, is another question, but that fifth batting option will be, I think it will, will stick with Mayank Agrawal, but uh, Aya is an outside chance there. Then you've got Saha as the keeper, and, and here's where it gets a bit more interesting. So we have mentioned... Uh, what what kind of pitches do we think will will show up in India? And Baldy's right. If you have a look at that that squad, the Indian squad, they've picked four spin bowlers in that squad. So I think we're we're really under no illusions there that these are going to be turning pitches. They're gonna they're gonna treat us the same way that they treated England. I think to to some respect. I don't think that will there'll be many runs scored in this series. So the seven through to eleven looks like this. It'll be Jadeja. And then you've got Ashwin and Axar as the other spin options, and Ishant and Siraj to round out the pace bowling uh, there. If if we do find a pitch that has a little bit of a little bit in there for the seam bowlers, you might see Umesh Yadav come in for, for either Ashwin or Aksar. Stu, do you think that um, Ravi Chandra and Ashwin is going to get a go in his uh, home conditions?
2: Oh jeez. I mean I think he I think he's got to I mean uh, you know Baldie mentioned that previous series back in, in 2016 when New Zealand played and um, you know probably come as no surprise to anyone that we lost that series three nil um, and Ravi Ch- Chandran and Ashwin just feasted on us um, like he's done uh, sort of everywhere else uh, in the in uh, Indian conditions took 27 wickets in, in the series I think and was was player of the series just brilliant like he has been in the uh, the England stuff. But look, um, we I want to talk about, you know, take it back to, to New Zealand because uh, obviously this is uh, a New Zealand podcast and, um, you know, my, my main interest. And, and I, I want to do a bit of a round the table in, in terms of what you guys think was is actually a good result for New Zealand because in particular there's, you know, I don't think we expect, Go to India and expect to win. I don't think anyone goes to a place like that uh, with that lineup, with uh, the the amazing record that they've got at home, with the pitches that are so foreign to us. Um, and I and I think I want to start with you, Raj. In terms of what do you think as a New Zealand fan is kind of an acceptable rank? And I think uh, as well as that, I'd like you to talk about how much that changes now that Devin Conway is not in that side because we we touched on how he you know his injury before but how much does that set us back not having him in that lineup
3: yeah so i think that we now have an expectation on us that we can play anywhere in the world me as a fan i'm not going to take anything less than than a win which is what i want from the series for our new zealand uh, new zealand team and we're playing against um you know, some would call a second string Indian side, that might be a bit harsh to say that, but they have left out five of their regulars. Um, yeah, uh, with, with the Devin Conway piece, it does make a massive difference, because I genuinely believe that he is actually one of the best batsmen in the world at the moment. But look, we, we, we have proved time and time again that we're not about one player. In, in this in this New Zealand team one or two players we play as a team there's no reason we can't go over there to these conditions which look they're becoming less and less foreign as even Kyle Jamison spent how many months they're playing cricket now so look uh, they are they are foreign conditions from a test perspective but we shouldn't be we shouldn't be uh, caught on the hop when it comes to that anymore we should be prepared and, and ready to win in my opinion over to the neutrals
2: because you guys can probably look at it from a a different perspective Binksy you've obviously just been there what what do you think is a realistic outcome for New Zealand here and and I guess your own thoughts on, on what might actually unfold
0: yeah so I'm making this comment on the basis of the fact that I don't think India make the same mistake as they did in that England series and give you an opportunity in that first test on a decent cricket wicket this is a two test series I think they're going to go in with wickets that are going to be favourable to their home conditions. I think the question for me is, and look, it's really difficult to sort of talk about this uh, to an extent, you're missing Conway. You're also missing BJ Watling as well, who was in your last test side. And I think the combination of the fact that you've lost a guy that has a lot of test match experience, is a very, very gritty player, Um, is respected around the dressing room and you've got a guy coming in with the gloves and the responsibility of keeping wicket in very hot, smoggy conditions, mostly going to be up to the stumps, not going to have a great deal of bounce with the ball coming through off the seamers as well. And then you lose a guy that's burst onto that international scene. I think it does leave you a little bit light um, from a batting perspective against what will be, whether it's second string or not, the best spin attack that you are likely to face, particularly given the pitches that you're going to face them on. So you ask what success is. Success is if you can get out of this test series 1-0 and get a draw out of the other game. Um, That, for me, would be success for New Zealand in this series. Paul
1: D, over to you. Unfortunately, I find myself agreeing with Adam. If you have a look at their Indian side, even though... They're missing some key players. The three most important things for an Indian victory is the ability to bat time. They've still got Chiteshwa Pujara, probably the best time batting batsman in the world. And they've got the best two exponents or the best two bowlers that can expose and take advantage of those conditions that they're going to be presented with in terms of, uh, are Ashwin and either Jadeja or Axar. They've both been brilliant in that England series. So even though they're missing players, the three most important players that they could have in that side are Ashwin, Pujara, and any combination of Jadeja and Axar. And they've got all three of them. So I think New Zealand will be doing very well to take a draw or a victory away from india i don't think that we're going to have drawn test matches just with the way that we expect the, the wickets to be i think they'll be three and a half day four day wickets so unless there's weather i don't see it going to a draw so anything that new zealand can take away in terms of any kind of result i think will be a massive victory for them or a massive pass mark as far as they're concerned stuart what do you think
2: oh yeah look i mean i i completely uh, agree with you there and i just feel like it's com- it's so unlikely that there'll be any draws in this game, in this series, unless unless we see weather play a part or, or something kind of unusual. Because if you think back to that England series, we touched on it before, how India really struggled with the bat as well. It wasn't like it was, um, you know, just India batted all day or, you know, for two days and then rolled England twice. It was everyone struggled. You know, if you think about India facing the likes of Jack Leach, uh, who's got a reasonable record, but Dom Bess, who has you know struggled at times just to to bowl consistent areas, and he, even Joe Root, you know, was was pretty unplayable at times. And and I think uh, if you think about New Zealand, AJs Patel is going to be a very similar bowler to what uh, we saw from X.R. in that series. He's so consistent, he just drops it on a line in length, and he's going to if there is uh, if there is stuff in that pitch to extract. Ajaz will find it because he'll just hit that area over and over again. And Will Somerville's done a great job on overseas tours. You know, I think it's going to be a massive, massive ask for us to get a test. I think if we can come away 1-1, I'll be absolutely wrapped from from this series. Because, But I, I do think that that's realistic, that we could. We, we've done well. We've won uh, 2-1 against Pakistan over in the UAE. Latham, Williamson, Nichols—all very good players of spin. You touched on the Conway thing. I, I, that that is a massive loss for me. And I think Raj said it in our, you know, before the the T Twenty World Cup final. This is where we'll will feel his impact most because he is also a really good player of spin. And and if you had though that real core up front that can bat, then I would I would be very very excited. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm just generally. Pumped about seeing the opportunity, seeing this side get the opportunity to prove that they can do it. Because we had this opportunity a few years ago against Australia, and it did not go well. And but I think this side has has learned a lot since then. They've grown. They've won this World Test Championship. They've got all of that in the bank. So yeah, as much as I'm a little bit deflated coming off another finals loss, I really think we can go there and show. Uh, the the whole world and and kind of show what what we are and, and I'm really looking forward to the challenge.
1: Well, that's the fade out music. It's time to end another episode of the Top Order Podcast. Of course, Stuart's going to be ecstatic about the opportunity to play against India it is the first test match for New Zealand to defend the MACE the world test championship back on the line for 2021 through 2023 we've had all the stats and the analysis of an India versus New Zealand test preview thank you very much for joining us again on the top order podcast we've had fun previewing this test series take care of yourselves out there in the wide world and we'll see you again very very soon thanks for listening